This is the GPL Podcast, sponsored by Jerry Peters and First Class Mortgage. Our expertise, your peace of mind. Visit us at firstclassmortgage.com. Now, here's Jupe and Vigo. Good evening and welcome to the GPL Podcast, episode number 179. Getting close to 200 Vigs. It's nice. Well done. Well done. You do all the work. Like Pat was saying, we just talk. Pat? What do you mean, Pat? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, We've got Pat Micheletti on the podcast this week. Pat, thanks for joining us. Well, it's uh, it's my pleasure, guys. My first time yes your first time you we've know, talked we, we, we want to talk about you know the past three four years been waiting <laughs> the call came and i answered no I, i'm it's great to join you guys well you know i you know when we started doing the zoom thing i, I thought it was going to be better for having guests on so you know yeah it better having to have just people just just it's just easier and and not to outdo you, but you know this is your first time, and on Sunday we're getting Wally Shaver on the podcast as well. I'll pray for you. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know it's okay if here, Wally drops an F bomb because this is a podcast. Wally, here, here, all right, I, go I, ahead. I, you know, I, I, I like to poke fun at Wally, and <laughs> and all in good nature. Don't, but ask him, um, ask him about after the first Penn State State game. On Thursday evening, how is uh, how it was getting out of the parking lot? Okay, ask him about that. Oh, right. Was the card thing not working? It wouldn't let him out. <laughs> George, um, just ask him. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I I think he was in there. I asked him quite frankly if he stayed overnight. Um, <laughs> to be quite honest, uh, and he may have. You know, he said he got out. I don't know. If he walked home or left his car, I don't know. So you're going to have to ask him. Frank, come help me. Frank, come help yeah. me. <laughs> See, that's exactly. I got a text from Frank saying you're not going to believe it. Oh, boy. I, said, I said, yep, I believe it. I believe it. Well, well, Frank is a veteran of the show. We had him on podcast. He, is, yep. he has been on. He was been on eight times. He was on podcast number two, our first guest wow. ever on the podcast back in 2010, I believe it was. Um, so Frank is definitely a veteran of the podcast, and now we're getting the rest of you cool people on. You, yeah. Well, Wally. I tell you what, there, there's uh, not many better than Frank. I can tell you that much. Yeah, he's been a great, great guest for us. I mean, it's, yep. it's he's he's always rock solid, and uh, yeah, he, he also brings that broadcast feeling for everybody, which is really next nice time. He, he doesn't know how to make spaghetti sauce, but uh, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to help him, and he knows it, and you know. Um, but we'll we'll keep working on them. Shots fired. You might want to mention that to him the next time you have him on. <laughs> I'm all full of fun stuff tonight, guys. Hey, we, we're here to get you riled up. It's it's it's, right. it's more fun that way. It's yep. way way more fun that way. But you know what's fun, Vigs? This team is undefeated so far. Four and zero. Pretty solid start. You know, I see a bunch of questions coming in. You know, you know from Twitter and you know in the chat. Uh, I'm feeling pretty good about this team. How are you feeling about it so far? I don't want to pump the brakes too much, 
but they have played two of the more inexperienced teams that they'll face on their schedule. I think it matched up perfectly for Bob's team to get their feet wet. You know, he's got returning depth through center, first line through fourth line. He's got guys he can count on to go out and win draws. That's why they're one of the top face-off teams in the country right now. Uh, the defensemen have come along faster than I expected. Brock Faber has just stepped right into being a college player, and you can count on him every night for 20 minutes, and he's going to deliver. And the goaltending has just been spectacular. You know, LaFontaine's had a couple issues where he's gone for a little walkabout to play the puck, and he had one soft one that got through him, but he's only let in four goals in four games. And his yes. save percentage is 961. So he's been dialed in, and he's a confident guy. He doesn't let things like that shake his confidence, and he's ready to make the next save. So when you look at those three things, this team's delivering. You know, the, the thing that, you know, he started off with, Pat, was, you know, maybe these are the lesser teams. But, boy, the last four to five years, the lesser teams Minnesota has played, they've just struggled. They haven't just gotten the job done many times. Yeah, you know, you know, for me, um, listen, uh, early in the year, you need to gain confidence. You need to um, uh, develop that swagger. Um, I, 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 you know, I saw a bunch of the guys before the first game, and you know what? There was a different. There was a different feeling that I got just from their mannerisms, um, you know, and, and just the way they, you know, they. The, the, the way they kind of felt about themselves and, and, uh, you know, I don't care who you're playing. Um, you, you, you gotta get off to a good start and feel mm-hmm. good about yourself. And, um, you know, there, there's a lot of things that they got to get better at. Um, but, you know, from what I saw in the first four games and I, and I mentioned this on the air um, and something that we, we have not seen since uh, Nate Schmidt, Mikey Riley, and that's guys who can get the puck and make one pass tape to tape uh, and get the puck out of the zone or beat a guy and get the puck out of the, out of the zone themselves. And when you can do that, that's going to take pressure off your own end. Um, it's going it, to, you know, it, uh, it, it, it's going to get you up the ice quick. It's going to improve the pace of the game. And uh, you know, I, I think that to me, you know, I, I thought that was uh, the biggest difference I've seen in the last, you know, God, five, six years. It's it's a huge deal. And by the way, I see Frank has joined the chat in YouTube. And he says, you Frank do look. Who? You, <laughs> Pat looks better than he does on radio. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> it's good that Frank's listening. We're, we're, we're glad yes. you're listening. <laughs> Well, Viggs, it's not like this team didn't come out on skates this weekend. We did have uh, a little bit of injury problem. Yep, Brandon McManus picked up a knock. He had a collision with Ohio State player at the end of the second period. I listen to the radio crew pretty pretty frequently as I sync it up with the TV broadcast, and they spotted it right away that he went off the ice. It's something that's hard when you're watching on TV to pick up yes. those things. You know, when you're yeah. live in the arena, it's much easier to notice that stuff see a guy go to the bench and go down the tunnel. And that's one of the reasons why I like listening to the radio guys when there's a TV broadcast, because they can be, you know, taking a different perspective than everybody else. So watching for that, McManus didn't come back for the third period. And then the post game, Moscow showed 
that wasn't good news, but not bad news. And then this yeah. week he said uh, he doesn't expect him to play in the Michigan State Series, but maybe for Michigan, definitely after Christmas. And based on what I'm seeing on Instagram, McManus made the trip out to Michigan, we think. So he's an important <laughs> player for this team. He's a yeah. player that really gives a lot of confidence, I think, to Walker McLaughlin. You know, just his attitude to the game helps, I think, those guys stay relaxed and stay with it and not get frustrated. And I think he adds a lot to the power play. He's just kind of a slick guy who takes advantage of space. And, and I, yeah, I, 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 and, and, you know, the, the one thing, and I, and I think, uh, you know, Frank and I were talking, uh, you know, early in the Penn state game, first, first, uh, first, second shift of the game, he came down and there was no question in his mind, he was going to shoot the puck and, you know, instead of looking and trying, you know, and, and he has the ability as we saw with the, with a couple of his goals, um, he can shoot the puck and he's got to get the mindset that he has to score. Okay. And, mm-hmm. you know, you listen, I, I, you know, I, I tell guys all the time, you know what, you got to be selfish. If you want to, if, if you, if you um, shoot the puck well and you are a goal scorer, then you can't, you can't worry. I mean, you, your job is to score goals. And I think, um, I think he has the ability to, you know, he only had nine a year ago, uh, 17, I think, the year before. I mean, this guy should get to 20 in a normal season. Now, this isn't a normal season, but, um, but you know, he has that ability, and he's older, and he's been around. He knows the league, um, and it's time for him. You know, if Minnesota's going to go anywhere, guys, uh, you know, yes, love the young players, um, and, you know, love the depth, love the strength up the middle, but you know, they're older guys, you know, Reedy and McManus, uh, 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 Sample Ranta, you know, guys like that are really going to have to, you know, step up. Walker um, is another one, you know, and I think, I think he's got more in him. Um, At at least I hope he does, but um, you know, those are the guys that are really going to have to, to, you know, carry the mail. And that's kind of what we've talked about uh, so far this season is those those guys, those sophomores to juniors and, and what have you, this, you know, freshmen to sophomores really need to pick it up. And, you know, yeah. Matsko talked about that. He said, hey, we need those guys to step up another 10, 15 goals or whatever it may be, but we need them to step up another level, Viggs. Yeah, I mean, you're looking for these guys to be consistent point-of-game players. Mm-hmm. When you're going to be an elite team, you need guys who can be in the score sheet almost every night. And I think Scott Reedy of this group might be the most consistent guy. Been their at, best player. Been he, their best player. He generates offense in the zone yep. every game. A lot of these other guys, they depend on rush scoring. When you're playing against a good sound team like they're going to face in Michigan State, there's not going to be a lot of rush opportunities for your speedy, skilled guys to generate offense, you need guys who can score with possession in the zone or on the power play. And so you need guys who can possess the puck, take it to the net, draw penalties as they battle in the corner and win pucks. And Scott Reedy right now is really doing a nice job of that. We need some of these other forwards to start seeing that and emulating that in the game. Sample Ranta, he is one of the most tremendous athletes on the roster but there's another level there for him to hit production. Well, and, and I'm glad you brought up the word another level um, because it kind of correlates 
when, when you make that jump, okay, from a sophomore to a junior, um, and, and all of a sudden, um, you're being counted on, right? And, and it takes, it takes a while for that light switch to go, okay, if we're going to win, I've got, I've got to produce, not just tonight, but every night. And, uh, I, I'll, I'll take you back to when, when I was, when I was a freshman, I had on our team, we had Bukestead, Butsy Erickson, Steve Griffith. They were our guys. They knew it. They knew that if they didn't produce every night, we weren't going to win. I mean, you know, yeah, we had a good team and, you know, other guys chip in, but chipping in is different than carrying the mail every night. And it takes, uh, it, 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 you know, it, it's got to click upstairs where you, you know, say, okay, I, I get it now. Okay, I, I've, I know tonight I can't take, I can't take a shift off, I can't take a night off, I can't take a period off. I've got to be that guy, and uh, and you know, and, and and you know it as a player. Once you, you know, start to, you know, understand a little bit more, and I, and I think uh, I, I see it in Reedy right now. I mean, I I, you know, I think he's been terrific, and I think he's wanted it, and. Uh, you know, and, and it's showing in the way he's playing. Well, you know, Steve, uh, Viggs, you kind of mentioned it earlier, you know, you know how the radio team, at least this past weekend, got to see more of the ice because the, the TV are broadcasting by looking at a screen. Um, this weekend, it kind of will switch hands here, won't it, Pat? You know, I, I don't know if you're – are you calling this weekend? No, I'm not. Okay. I, uh, I will only be working the home games. Okay. So uh, even though the guys are going to be calling the game from TCF Stadium, yep, uh, they they will do those, and and I'll just work the live home games. Gotcha, and that and that makes sense. But I well, I, I, gotta, I, I do I do feel for them though because now it's going to be all of a sudden you know Wally's yep. calling the game and his vision just went from this huge thing to this. Yeah, and you know, yeah. and, and Viggs talks about how he loves listening to the radio broadcast and how they could just see the wider things because now the television broadcast has this same kind of tunnel vision. It's going to yep. be tricky this weekend for you know Wally and Frank to kind of bring the game to us, don't you think? Well, uh, you know, I, I think uh, you know both those guys are pros. They've been in, yes. they've been doing it a long time. Um, you know, uh, listen, of course, it, it's going to be a change. But I, I think by, you know, 10 minutes in, they'll, they'll kind of get their, their feel and, you know, should be another good, good broadcast. And I think one of the things is they get a lot of history with the program, the players, yep. the coaches. Mm-hmm. And those conversations, while they're less frequent this year, still start to come together. Yep. And you get, you get a pulse of the team and you find out what the coaches are thinking as they head into this series. I know Michigan State, from things I've read on their side, you know, they're looking to be real physical with Minnesota. Yep. They're yep. going to try to slow the Gophers down, and I think uh, Bob's a little worried about that. He mentioned that after one of the early series here as they came to a close. He said, you know, it's nice to play these games at Mariucci. We'll see how our young guys do on a smaller rink against a physical team, and that's what we're going to see this week. Yeah, but, but you know what? That's where you grow. You know, that that's where you grow as a team, and uh, – and you, you kind of find out what kind of character you have and, and, uh, and, you know, and, you know, who can I play in these tough situations? Right. I mean, you got guys, look at, 
you got guys fighting for spots still. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you look at that right side, you know, he's trying to find the right combination with Reedy and, and Ranta. And, you know, he's had Walker and McLaughlin together. And, you know, he, he's trying to find the right fit. And, you know, um, you know, the, I hate to say these are tryouts, but, you know, <laughs> guys are, you know, guys are getting the opportunity and everyone is getting a fair shake at it. You know, you see Perbex going from the second line to the fourth line or the extra forward and Brodzinski starts at the top, top line. Then he drops and, you know, and it wasn't by, it wasn't uh, because of the way they played. It was just, you know, Bob's trying to find that right formula. And, you know, I, I, I think it, I, I think it's a, a brilliant move uh, because you've got to find a guy. See, for me, um, I always look at lines as, as two guys and then a third. And, and with no disrespect to the third guy who ends up being probably the most important guy on your line. You know, the guy who is going to go in the corners, do that dirty work, you know, be able to get you the puck where you want it. Um, you know, you know, little things like that, that, uh, you know, really uh, connect a line and, and, and make them work. Ben Myers comes to mind right when you said that to me. Yeah. I mean, well, I think Ben Myers yeah. and Sorensen have been a pair. Like they yeah. eat off each I other. Mean, Their style has been great together. Mm-hmm. You know, each line brings a little bit different, you know, a little, little bit something different to it. And, you know, you got Myers and, and Sorensen who bang and crash and, you know, I mean, <laughs> really kind of ignite everybody. And, you know, you've got, you got Reedy who's just a horse. You know, and, and you, you can't move him. And Ranta, you know, at times he looks like, what are you doing in this league? You are in the wrong league, my friend. <laughs> you should be one league up. You know, and, and, and Sample still has a lot to learn about, you know, the game and where to be and how to navigate and, you know, gets off on the wrong highway sometimes or wrong uh, wrong exit. But, um, um, you know, I mean, they, they, they all bring a little, little bit something different, which is, uh, which is what you need on a team, actually. Well, I think looking back, I remember Eric Halla being kind of like that. Yep. You know, a lot of skill, a yep. lot of speed, but he just didn't know how to navigate himself on the ice. Right. And then as right. he got older, all of a sudden it started to click. Instead of skating himself across the finish line, he skated to the finish line. Right. He just made a lot more plays. And I think it yeah. takes a little bit of time, especially Ranta transitioning from Europe to the, you know, American style. Yeah, I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll give you Sammy Walker too. Sammy, you know – um, I, I, I get frustrated because the talent is, is immense. And, and, but he's got, in my opinion, just from watching him, he's got to learn how to navigate in and out of traffic, how to stay away from traffic, how to get into traffic, um, how to use his speed. He's so fast, but for a defender, in my opinion, simply my opinion, uh, you know, I, I, a lot of people probably think I'm wrong, but, um, you know, he, he's easy to defend if you know he's coming. Okay. Um, and, 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 and you can gauge how you're going to angle him, and, you know, things like that. And in my opinion, if he would slow down a little bit, you know, speed up a little bit, not use the same speed all the time. I think, uh, I think he'd be really effective. And, um, you know what, uh, he's still learning, uh, but you know, he has the ability to, to, you know, ignite a team too. You know, all of this just makes me more exciting. Cause you know, a lot of these so much room to get better. 
That's, yeah. that's what makes me excited because you know the skill is there. It's just putting it all together. And that's, that's what's got me excited about this team this year is that we kind of haven't had that in a while. We we haven't, and you know, I, you look and I, you look at their at their at their you know up the middle. If you are strong up the middle, you got a pretty darn good team. Mm-hmm. And you know, one guy we haven't talked about is is Jackson Nelson. I mean, this kid, all right, doesn't know the talent that he has yet. And you know, he can skate. He's big. He's strong. He can shoot the puck. Um, you know, I think he's got to get to a point where. He trusts himself because, listen, he has the ability, like Aranta does, to just blow by a guy um, or, or or fend a guy off because he's so strong um, that, you know, but, but, but listen, he knows his role. He's playing on the fourth line. The fourth line has been really good. I don't know what, yes. how many they have, the three goals, something like that. Yeah. Um, but not only that, you know, he's a good penalty killer. And when you – when you don't have to use your top guys, your scores, um, killing penalties all the time, and and he can go out there and do that, boy, you know that that really helps a team and keeps everybody keeps everybody in the game too. Yeah, I think that hurt them last year. Sometimes they get into these games where they'd start taking penalties, and then they yeah. lean on Myers so heavily, they yeah. lean on Walker so heavily, and they're spending all their energy killing penalties. Nelson is just that prototypical size and skill and face-off strength that you need for a penalty killer. And if he can fill that role this year, you know, maybe they'll be able to feed him more onto his plate as, as he gets older and more experienced. So, uh, I, what, you know, uh, I, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, we've got, we've got some Twitter questions I want to get to here because right. quite a few of them from earlier today were kind of all along the same lines. We, we got big mistakes saying, I'm curious how the players are adjusting to almost no fans. You know, what are the mm-hmm. challenges and maybe the benefits of this, this may bring to the game. And, you know, then I saw another tweet, uh, where was it? Yeah. Um, here we go. Tim Simplot, another, you know, big fan with no fans in the stands. How much difference is there in the road games versus the home games? And, and Pat, we are seeing this. The road teams are doing very well right now because yeah. they're not going into hostile territory. You know, you look at Notre Dame, went into Michigan, took care of them this weekend. You know, Michigan just went into Happy Valley or Hockey Valley tonight and won. Uh, it, it's been all over this. Minnesota's kind of held, you know, held court okay, but I see this as a you know much better evener for for teams to come in and win on the road, and the road teams are doing very well. Yep, you know, there's advantages, disadvantages. You know, one being at home, you know your own rank. You feel mm-hmm. it's like being, you know, it's like being in your in your, you know, in your living room, right? You know it and you're comfortable and all that. I will tell you this. Um, I don't care what anybody says. It it is really, really hard to play in front of a you know empty stadium. Um, because you have to individually, right? And now you're talking 21 guys of all having that same focus, getting your focus and staying in it, get, keeping your line mates together and, you know, and making sure they're ready because, you know, you get one guy on a line who's damn, you know, maybe lollygagging a little bit and, you know, it throws everything off. And so, um, you know, I, I don't think it's uh, easy for those guys at all. I thought they handled it well. I thought the pace of play was, was really good. It got a little, um, sloppy in part of the, I think the third period of the, the 
uh, the first night against Penn State was not very good, mm-hmm. uh, you know, for both teams. And, you know, and you slow down and, you know, just – and that's where you really – your home, home hometown fans – really give you a boost mm-hmm. um, because when you're, you know, when you, when you need something and you hear them screaming, um, it gets you pumped up. There's nothing like it, you know, nothing. And uh, so, but I, uh, you know, I think they're adjusting well. I think Bob talked about after the first weekend that there's so much pent up energy to play that series, especially yeah. the two teams that are playing each other. It was pretty easy for the players to get up and have the energy and maintain it. But he said as the Ohio State series went on, you know, there was gut check time. You know, when you have a lull in your play, the home team doesn't get that boost that they usually get. They've got to find it within themselves. And so as hockey season's pretty long, as the the games go on, you know, trying to sustain your own energy can be challenging. So in a game where maybe at home you don't have it, but the fans kind of get you that extra juice, that's not going to be there this year. You're going to have to find it on your own bench. And Bob has talked a a little bit about, you know, on the bench when things aren't going the right way and guys are kind of maybe bitching and moaning a little bit on the bench. There are leaders on the bench who are saying, Hey, cut it out. Yeah. Let's focus. And that's an important sign because you're not letting negativity get on your bench. You're maintaining that positive energy. And I think, I don't know for sure, but I think in some of these past gopher teams that haven't been successful, that's been allowed to happen. Yep. And that negativity can take over a locker room and be really poison. No doubt about it. <laughs> no doubt about it. And, you know, and, and, and that's why, you know, the, the, this winning helps um, because, you know, it just, it, once you win, you get a taste of it, you get greedy, you get, um, you know, you, you don't feel like you're going to lose. And, uh, you know, and, and now, you know, it, it can be tricky because um, you just don't win games. You have to, you know, I mean, the, you, no one just says, yep, you're going to win. Um, you have to go out and earn it and do it. And uh, but they feel like they can. And, and you know, right now, that's a good thing. And, you know, there, there's probably going to be a bumper bump in the road or two. But, um, you know, as long as they feel good about themselves, um, you know, that that's positive. Well. That's a good sign. That's all I care about. Uh, we yeah. got more. We got more Twitter questions. We got. I see a bunch of chat Let's people. Let's go. I know. I got a bunch of chat people asking. But first, we yep. need to hear from our sponsor. Hey, fellow GPLers. This is Jerry Peters from First Class Mortgage. Interest rates are near all-time lows, and property values are on the rise. Lower your interest rate and remove monthly PMI at the same time to save thousands of dollars. Or use the equity in your home for debt consolidation and home improvement. The housing market is still hot, so make sure you're prepared by getting a pre-approval letter from me before you start shopping. Mention you heard about me on the GPL podcast and receive a $300 closing cost credit. Some restrictions do apply. Call me today at 612-940-3291 or visit firstclassmortgage.com to fill out a free online application. My NMLS number is 480200. First Class Mortgages is 322-842. This is not an offer to lock into an interest rate agreement under Minnesota law. First Class Mortgage is an equal housing lender. Let's Thank give you. Jerry all GPLers. <laughs> Come on. Well, you know, I, I want to get back to Twitter real quick because a, okay. a, a one Alex Micheletti is asking, Uh-oh. most improved gophers so far. 
Most improved. Well, that I'm going <laughs> to go right back to Scott Reedy, okay? okay. Um, because uh, I I see, you know, I I watched him last year, and you know, there were times where I'm like, come on, take that next step. You know, you can beat this guy. No one, no one's going to move you in front of the net. No one's going to stop you from coming out of the corner. And this year, uh, I I just I think he's in better shape. I think he's, um, I don't want to say faster, but um, skating stronger and, uh, and he's finishing, you know? Uh, and so I, I, I think not only is he most, their most improved, but I also think he's been their best player. You're muted, Vig. So thanks. She <laughs> busted. Ah. <you. laughs> he's, he's healthy too this year. I mean, yeah. I remember last year, before shoulder, he got right. he got dinged up, he's like, I haven't had a year since I was maybe a sophomore where I right. didn't have something that really held me down. And last year he was pretty healthy, and this off season he was healthy, and he, it shows. You know, he's a mature yep. senior, a six two, two hundred ten pound forward huh. who led the yep. team in scoring last year. You don't see right. too many of those come back for a senior year in the Big Ten, and he's showing right. it. And, and and you say, well, why? You know, why is he? Why are you calling him, you know, leading scorer? Why, why do you call him the most improved player? Because his play is better, you know. Um, you know, he, to me, I, I think he'll play at the next level. I, If you asked me that last year, I'm like, eh, you know, American League, mm, you know, probably. But mm-hmm. I think um, I think he's really improved enough where, you know, if he continues on and, you know, is consistent, um, Gophers are lucky to have him back. Tim Hapke says, one, uh, which one player on this team has the brightest NHL future? Well, we probably all think Reedy does, but Ty Vigo, what other player besides Reedy has you know, a bright NHL future? I'll take it this way. If I were to look at the player with the most potential to be like a top six NHL player, you know, who has the skill to maybe get to that ceiling, it'd be Sample Ranta. I mean, okay. he does things on the ice that – few players can do at that size and speed and skill and shooting as he starts to put the pieces together, he's got a high ceiling. I don't think we've seen the total package with him yet. I think of okay. all players, he's got the most potential. Okay. okay I'm going to give you three. I'm going to give you three. Okay. And, and they all will not be with uh, the Gophers against Michigan. Oh, okay. Um, I think, Johnson, I think Lacombe, and I think Faber. Well, I hope they're back next year, <laughs> put it that way. Um, but, you know, the sleeper guy I'm going to throw in there is Ben Myers. Uh, I think a lot, of NH- uh, a lot of NHL teams love him now. I think a lot of them wanted to sign him at the end of last year just so he doesn't show more than uh, than uh, what's 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 – what he is right now. Um, uh, he, he wins draws. He plays both ends of the ice. He can score a little bit and um, he's a sleeper, but I, I love, uh, I love the 3d. I think Benny Myers has got just almost surefire bottom of the lineup NHL skill. He will compete and he will not let you down any night. I don't know if he's got, the brightest future, but he might have the most solid future. Like what you see with him is Fair what enough. you're going to get. Fair enough. Yeah. 
you know, you trust them, you know, you, 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 you trust them. And I tell you what, on uh, the NHL, you know, if you're, you know, a third or fourth liner, you know, you can be, yeah, you're right. He probably won't be a top six guy, but he, he could play for a long time. All right, we got a Ted Schmanke asking, Pat, any hard feelings against Chris Chelios? <laughs> yeah, I do. Uh, <laughs> no. no, I tell you what, uh, what a player, what a pro. Yes. Um, and if you don't know the story, uh, I'll tell you. My freshman it. year, my freshman year, right? Somehow I, I got on the power play and and our defenseman shot it from the from from the point from the right side. I was on the left side, right on the pipe, and our D missed the net, and it came caroming out to me right in front, and I just tapped it in right on the road in Dane County before you know eighty six hundred people, and I um, showboat might be a, <laughs> you know a nice way to you know right in front of Chelios. He was not happy. And later on in the game, uh, we had the puck in the, in the Badger zone. And, it, and uh, they cleared it out. And everyone is skating towards the gopher net. And the rest were all looking one way. Every player was looking one way. Chelios was behind me. He tomahawked me right in the back of the leg. Ooh. And I, it's like I got shot. And I felt I couldn't get off the ice. I couldn't, I, my leg, my foot was dead. And, uh, you know, they, they obviously had to help me off the ice and whatever. And I was in, I was out for three months, my, or th- two and a half months, my freshman year with drop foot. Um, you know, just the, he, he damaged the nerve, didn't sever it. He just, it was so swollen um, that, yeah. And, that was uh, that was not fun, but you know, Chelly and I got to be good friends over the years, um, you know, at, at different camps and, and so forth. But you know, he was a uh, you know he, he was a you know all star, great player. He was a Wisconsin hack. Come on, just say it. <laughs> Always fun to beat the Badgers. <laughs> I I would agree with that. It, you know, it's, yeah. it's something about them in North Dakota that. Uh... Boy, it's it's always it's always fun. Sometimes one team is way better than the other, but it seems like it's always close. You know, I've got many you know clips of of both Frank and Wally, you know, calling you know North Dakota games and, and whatnot. Yep. And you know, Wally saying, "What a bunch of cheap hose heads" and things like yep. that. Yep. Um, it, it, it's what it's it's the only thing that I you know I I really haven't liked about this Big Ten thing is that we've lost North Dakota where the game meant more. I mean, yes, we play them non-conference, but it's not the same as playing them for points and things like that. Um, yeah, and, and back in the day, and back in the day, th- there weren't a ton of Minnesota kids that, that went there. Mm-hmm. I mean, the majority of their, especially when, when I was there at the U, and, you know, the, the there's an awful lot of bad blood awful lot and <laughs> and uh and we had some awfully rough games with them and you know and they were really good they were really good my freshman year and then and then and then the 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 WCHA turned a little bit in terms of who were the 
top teams. Yeah. You know, all of a sudden Duluth got really good. And, you know, for, for three years, our, our biggest rivalries were really Wisconsin and, and UMD and, uh, you know, and, and North Dakota was, you know, just in third in, in that, uh, in that category. And to be honest, Pat, I really think it took off more with North Dakota during the nineties and two thousands. Oh, without a doubt. When Minnesota yep. was on television. I mean, you know, everyone said they kind of, they kind of had their own network going for, for, you know, a long time where they were the team in town and people saw these games. It wasn't just going to the games, you know, they saw them on TV, they saw everything. And I think that's what just brought that rivalry up even more, more than Wisconsin at the time. Well, yeah. I mean, and they were better, they were better than Wisconsin probably at that time. And, you know, when, you know, and, and I don't, I don't know how, cause I'm not around during the week as much, you know, back then, you know, we had the Star Tribune, the Pioneer Press, the Daily, the, you mm-hmm. know, every paper um, going. And, you know, there were articles during the week and there was radio and, and, uh, and, you know, the bad blood was building up all during the week until you got to Friday, you know, and then you get to Friday night. And, you know, um, so, you know, there's a lot of buildup, a lot of buildup going into the series like that. But, you know, you start looking now, Viggs, you look on the flip side, we need a healthy Wisconsin team. They've been down (laughs) for quite a bit. We need Wisconsin to be back up there and to have that bad blood going again, don't we? Yeah, you certainly need other rivals in your conference to be successful nationally. And you've seen Wisconsin have all these high draft picks come into their program, and we haven't necessarily seen a ton of results from that yet. You know, he's trying to find the right formula for how to make them successful. He's gone really young and really talented, and that's fun to see, but it hasn't led to a lot of success on the ice. Uh, Michigan, on the other hand, I think they're on this trajectory of going up. You look at the talent they have that we won't see playing against the Gophers, but they're a program on the rise, and you're going to see that rivalry really start to escalate, I think. Well, you know, and hey, listen, uh, Tony Granato was a, a fierce rival of mine um, uh, during our playing days, and 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 Tony's a good coach. I'm going you know, to take nothing away from him. I don't like his philosophy, and I'll tell him that to his face, um, <laughs> because listen, the guys that play at this level, the higher end guys, right? Are, are going to make it to the next level. They are. Um, but when you go to a school, you're playing for that school. You're not playing for the Minnesota Wild or the Montreal Canadiens or whoever. And what Tony likes to do is, is you know, and maybe maybe he's changed a little bit in that perspective, but he'll, he'll tell the guys, you know, I'm here to get you ready for the NHL. And what he should be saying is you guys are here to win a national championship and focus on that. Don't be worried about your contract uh, at the end of the year. And, um, and I, I think that's a problem um, that they've had. Uh, and, and, you know, I, unless that changes, I don't think their chemistry, their culture will change into a team that says, Hey, we're committed. We're committed to winning, you know, 
Pat, I, I wanted to throw one thing at you here. Um, obviously, we have a lot of fans still angry about the Big Ten and what happened to the WCHA. Yeah. Um, we on this show we've kind of said you know it's done we you you either are a fan of the Gophers or you know whatever support the team, but one thing I do think that really did hurt the Big Ten was when it opened up, you know you had a young you had a, a freshman team in Penn State you had a Wisconsin way down you had a Michigan way down, I think that really hurt the league at first because. You know, if you come into a new league and you've got a strong Michigan, you've got a strong Wisconsin, you've got a strong Minnesota, I think the excitement level would have been much higher, but they just kind of came in on a little bit of a whimper. Well, I, you know, I, I, I look at it like this. Um, you know, I, I think people, um, I, you know, I, I never thought the league is bad. I never thought, I, you know, I, I never, you know, I, th- I think the hockey's been good. Mm-hmm. Um um, but I think the perception and the thought just like, you know, we're mad. We're just mad. And yes. and then the NCHC gets formed and they say, you know, they hype it and hype it and hype it. You know, you talk to anybody, oh, it's the best league in the world. Well, you know, I don't think it's the best league in the world. I, I, I you know, best league in college hockey. It's a good league. The top four teams in the league are really good. Uh, the bottom four teams in that league would have a hard time in the, in the Big Ten. There, in, there's no doubt in my mind. Um, you know, I've seen every team. I, you know, I know the depth, uh, uh, the depth that some of these teams have. Um, it's a good league. It's a competitive and they, but they hype it. They hype it, um, so much where, you know, no matter if you've seen the league or not, everyone thinks it's the best. So, um, I think the big 10 will get the respect, um, as we move forward a little bit. Uh, the the teams are really good, uh, you know. Ohio State's got a, uh, you know, they're young, but but they got a good team. Michigan's good. I mean, you got and, and you got parity in the league, which I, which I think is good. Uh, but I will tell you this, and I am upset. Okay, uh, I I think the powers that be need to be smarter in hockey. Uh, I, mm-hmm. you know, we're going to have six Division One teams in the state next year. There's no reason in my mind why they shouldn't be playing each other. If you want growth, if you want stadiums filled, if you want youth hockey players to aspire to, to, to uh, stay in the state and play for one of these teams, you know, I, 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 I just, uh, it bothers me because we're smarter than that. We're not the end. We're not, college football we're not um college basketball we're college hockey and i i just think we need to, need to be smart about it there's my two cents i got it <laughs> off my chest <laughs> well Vicks, i mean he's he's definitely got a point we you know what we need to be playing saint thomas right off the bat don't you think darn right <laughs> i mean it's so simple Caveman would do it, right? I mean, yes. If you want yes. to grow the, a regional game? You grow your regional teams. You know, huh. hockey East. Those those schools are right next to each other. It's all right. built in. And right. They stick together. ECAC right. like schools. They all stick together. But everybody else, it's it's just it's uncomfortable, and it hasn't been good for growing the game as and, much and as. My, here, here's my point too. You know, 
Well, you know, you got the Big Ten Network. Yeah, well, I get the Big Ten Network. Then you know what? You tell the you sit down with the Big Ten ne- Network and say, you know what? Some of the games aren't very exciting, or they're not. But you're going to get to see Minnesota and St. Thomas, Minnesota UMD, whoever it is, right? Mm-hmm. You can still have um, hockey. You can have a Big Ten team, and it just so happens the other team might not be a Big Ten team. Who cares? Work it out, you know. Um, I, you know, I just think. Can you imagine the rivalry between St. Thomas and Minnesota? St. Thomas, Mankato, St. Thomas, St. Cloud, UMD, St. Thomas. Every building would be packed every weekend, right? Every weekend. Yeah. And, um, you know, you, you've got plenty of TV opportunities here to, to cover the games. Um, I just think it'd be great. But you know what? I'm just me. <laughs> and Josh Fenton's done a good job with his league. You know, the the top not, teams not, in their not, league, not, they've not, done a good job. Yeah, hey, I'm not knocking it. I'm not knocking Josh no. Fenton. You know, I'm not knocking, you know, but but you know what? <laughs> um the powers that beat the NCAA um should figure it out. In my opinion. Yeah. And, you know, and, and, and here's the deal. I talked to, every, you know, all these coaches, right? Mm-hmm. All the state school coaches, all that. You know, do you, t- do you think Miami of Ohio really and Western Michigan really want to be in the NCHC and have to fly to Duluth and, and St. Cloud and blah, blah, blah? You know, no, they don't. They want to be in the CCHA like it used to be and bus and have the rivalries. And, get, and, and guess what? Those teams, guys, um, you know, when North Dakota goes to Miami of Ohio, the Miami of Ohio fans, they're like, whatever, you know. Mm -hmm. But when Western goes there or Bowling Green goes there, you know, that's a rivalry. And, you know, I I, I just, um, it's my feelings. And that's why we have you on the show. Yeah, well, for good or bad, I don't know. And, and and it's yes, it's unfortunate because you know I I could see a league you know with all the Minnesota schools, North Dakota, um, Wisconsin, yeah. that would be yep. quite that would be quite the league. I mean, that's an eighteen team team league right there. Um, be unbelievable. But uh, I, I I we're gonna be stuck with the Big Ten. It, it and and. Good or bad, you know, we'll see how long. Maybe it doesn't last. Maybe someday down the road, the NCAA says, hey, we need to think about this in a different way. We'll have to wait and see. But, you know, speaking of Big Ten, do you think the the ASU is uh, a little test this year with them playing all these uh, non-conference games? you think they would be a good add to the Big Ten if they can't get a school like Northwestern or Illinois added? Uh, ASU would be a, a good fit for the Big Ten Network. Okay. I'll leave it at that. Uh, Viggs, I think they'd be good for... That's what I think. For those of us who used to travel. I think... Uh, <laughs> you know, that, that's the footprint. That's the footprint right there, you know. 
Um, and you've got teams in the West. You've got Denver. You've got Colorado College. You've got Air Force. You've got Arizona State. Uh, you've got Huntsville, not that far away, um, who, by the way, is, you know, going to need a league next year. Um, you know, I, 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 I just think that we could do things a little bit smarter and, uh, and, and do it right. But um, to answer your question, yeah, I think a- a- ASU will be part of the Big Ten next year. Yeah, I think I think a, I think a deal is probably already in place. Their their, their uh, building is going to be done, um, and uh, you know, and and like I said, they they fit the market, and uh, you know, it, 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 Buddy Powers has built a, a pretty good program, so why not? Viggs, let's take the podcast road. Let's head to Arizona. Yeah, I'm, I I would like to go to Arizona when they get once they get their new rink built. Yep. Maybe they can put it around the waste management open. Maybe we can get some uh, golfing rounds <laughs> at uh, TPC Scottsdale on the on the docket. We can do a podcast from there. I'd like that. I'll join you. I'll, that, that'll be my next podcast. Yeah, that sounds good. Uh, but right. I think it, it might just be a temporary fit. I don't know. Yeah. Who knows what's going to happen with college athletics after this pandemic, how, how schools meet their budgets and figure things out. You know, hockey is a very regional sport. It's, it's difficult to pour money into it. If it doesn't work, I hope ASU is successful with their new building that they got approved last month and we'll, and we'll see. Yep. Well, let's talk about the upcoming games guys. You know, Minnesota's doing their, you know, Michigan trip this week. It's, you know, obviously these games are bunched together, but uh, heading into Monterina, playing a little Michigan State here, Viggs. Um, finally playing on a normal rink, standard rink. Things are changing there. You know, I think they've been playing in past seasons pretty good on these size ranks. Um, but still, it's Michigan State. We have, we kind of up and down with them. I mean, over, I'd say the last 25 years, it's been really just, very steady up and down with with Michigan State. Yeah, with them, you know, they've had that KHL line, well, it seems like for a while, and that was something that Minnesota knew it was coming and still couldn't stop. Yeah, I think part of that was the defensemen that Minnesota had weren't as capable, hockey IQ, to, to see them come on the ice, play smarter, keep them from getting dangerous scoring chances, and it just would bite them. Every time I think this team has played well the last couple of years on NHL size rinks. This will be their first opportunity this year, but it's a roster that's built for a smaller rink game. They've got size. They've got great transition. It should translate to Monterina. I think the one thing about this matchup is, you know, they're not playing an inexperienced team. Michigan state has a lot of depth down the middle. Uh, it's going to be a tough matchup for them. And it's not a game that they can sleep through because Minnesota's been really good so far, not making critical mistakes at the blue lines, not making critical mistakes on the breakout. It's going to be dialed up a little bit this weekend. And, and Pat, yeah, that, and, yeah, that and that's, that's the key, isn't it, Pat? I mean, we've had defensemen that just really haven't been able to move the puck and get yeah. out of trouble, and now they do. So I think that really helps on a weekend like this. Well, I tell you, when you know, again, and I, and I haven't even mentioned Kester yet, uh, who's been really, really good, also. Um, but you know, when you're playing Minnesota, 
and and you know Danton Cole is a is a good coach. But when you're playing Minnesota, you you better um, you better be disciplined defensively because you know what what Minnesota Viggs you know you you, you well, both you guys watched um, you know Minnesota's defensemen are not afraid to get to jump up in the play. They're not afraid to to you know to take it down low. Um, I think they've been disciplined with their forwards covering for the for the D. But I tell you what, when when Faber or Lacombe, uh, mostly Lacombe and and Johnson, you know, when they beat that first guy, they beat the first defender in the in the offensive zone. Then you can get scrambled eggs, um, you know, defensively. And 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 if you start running around, that's that's where Minnesota can hurt you. And and uh, so again, I I, I think. Uh, I think the key will be, you know, Minnesota's defense and and how they get the puck out, uh, how they handle the puck, and and uh, you know if they do, I think they'll be in uh, in good shape. Viggs, what does Michigan State need to do? Well, I think they need to play a boring game. I think yeah. they're going to need to <laughs> yeah. slow the game down. I think they're going to need to clog the neutral zone. I think this is a team that just can't take too many chances. They're going to need to rely on maybe a face-off play to, to create some traffic and a quick goal that way. They've been really good in the draw, too. And it's a team that maybe if they can get their power play going, maybe that's a special teams battle that they can win. Minnesota's power play has had a couple flashes where you're going, okay, I see what's what's there and the potential to have guys be creative, stress the, the killers by changing positions, you know, and move the puck quickly. I think we saw Scott Reedy have a wide open chance because the penalty kill got so confused working against the Gophers that they lost their shape. But Michigan State's very structured. I think that's a game that they they would want to play. Yeah, and, and you know, and and, and you know, I'm glad you brought up the neutral zone, and and that's where Minnesota, I think, has the ability. Well, I'll put it this way. They're they're so much better on the back end this year that they don't have to get it and just dump it, you know, or 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 get over their own blue line and 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 get rid of the puck right away. They have guys who can skate the puck and 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 you know you can break up that neutral zone when you got four guys coming at you, right? And and all of a sudden, I mean, you you notice, you know, I I, I point out to Frank during the game. I mean, I'm like, look at look at Ohio State's D. You know, you know, one of you know, I don't care who's carrying the puck, either a forward or a D, but they're coming at you with speed. You know, you can't stand up. You gotta, you gotta back up a little bit, and that's where Minnesota created more room for each other. You know, for themselves, and uh, you know, I think that could be another big key uh, going into the weekend. But Pat, I, one thing I want to also say is that I have I've seen that you know when they don't have the option and they do dump the puck in that the four checkers are doing a much better job this season getting on that defenseman oh. and causing havoc. Yeah, this is something they have really improved on this season. Well, how many times last year, guys, did we see them dump the puck in, right? Mm-hmm. And they dump it in a corner, and there'd be no one on. You know, there'd be no one going there. You know, and. You're like, okay, why did you throw it there? Did you just dump it to dump it, or was there a purpose? And and you know, and you and you give the opposing team the time to get back, take a look, make a pass, and boom, they'd be out of the zone. And you're like, well, 
you know, another missed opportunity uh, to, to get a four check going. Um, and that, that's, that's, that's a great point you bring up because um, it, it's been much better this year. Viggs, your thoughts. We have talked about this before, but I just love the four check game Minnesota's putting on this year. Yeah. And I think we've seen it a couple games where the first couple shifts, the puck placement on dumps hasn't been perfect. And they, yeah. they do throw it into a spot where there's no four checker. And it almost seems like they figure it out on the bench or the guys just get in the flow of the game and then they get on it. And teams look slow when they don't anticipate the play. All right. You can anticipate where the puck's going to be and you're all on the same page. You look faster. And I think that's what's happening with this year's team is they look faster because they're anticipating, they know where to put the puck and where to go. And the thing with the defenseman, we always talk about that good first pass. Yes. Well, right now they make the first pass and they follow it to join the rush. And when you can transition quickly like that, and like Pat was saying, if you can get four on three attacking the blue line, you're going to be way more successful because one of your players out of those four can go get the puck if you have to dump it. Or if a defender loses his footing, loses his gap, you've got two-on-one opportunities to attack the blue line. And that's what we're seeing. And and how many times this year, guys, have we seen – and now it's early. It's only Mm -hmm. four games. And and I really um, try to keep an eye on it was, you know, are we getting outmanned? You know, is it two to to R1? Is it three to R2? And that hasn't happened a lot, you know. And if you have bodies, um, more often than not, you know, you give yourself a chance to, to come up with the puck. And, mm-hmm. and I think uh, I think Minnesota's done a really good job uh, in that area also. And to that same point, though, Pat, the times I have seen, like, a defenseman outmanned, he's taken that le- next that extra half second, thought about it, what he's going to do, and makes a smart play. Yeah. Um, yeah. before you'd seem to throw it off the glass or it'd be a turnover or something like that. It seems like, you know, when we do put ourselves in a bad situation, they're making the right decisions. Now we just need to see them continue that and, you know, yeah. we have tougher teams. Um, but you know, all around, it just seems like everyone's just doing smarter things, you know, better back in the D making the, the pass out of the zone, up the zone, like V said, not making a great pass, following the play up, you know, the, the four check is everything is just that level up. But now we just need to keep doing that because, you know, we've seen flashes of this in the past couple of years, Viggs. We just need it to continue and keep growing and keep getting better. Well, I think the difference is we saw it against two quality coach Big Ten teams. Yes. Mm-hmm. It wasn't against like a Niagara. You know, no <laughs> offense to Niagara. They, they're a tough program at times, but it's not the same. You know, this is a team where when you're facing well-coached Penn State and Ohio State teams and you show this, that's the next level. And I think – Penn State and Ohio State were teams that outmanned Minnesota the past couple of years. You know, you go into a, a fight with three players against five, and it wasn't <laughs> mm-hmm. a fair fight. You can't win that way. Uh, we're I definitely see what Pat's seeing on the ice as well. All right, let's get your predictions, guys. Vegs, Michigan State on the road. <laughs> I think we're going to see one of these games going to OT. Okay. I think they're going to try to slow it down. We've seen Minnesota struggle a little bit with scoring goals. You know, it isn't coming as easily as maybe their possession has been, what you'd expect. So I think we're going to see a tight, you know, 1-1 type game going to overtime, and then who knows. 
I wouldn't want to downplay the impact losing McManus for this series will have because he's a guy who can create points. And I think maybe we're still attentive there. So I think Michigan steals a OT game, maybe gets the extra point. So you're thinking you're so you, negative. You, you're so <laughs> negative. I'm never talking. Pragmatic, to you again. Pat. Pragmatic. And uh, right, by the way, I, I, I can't right, sweep every weekend on the road. Here's what I'm telling you. All right. <laughs> they will sweep Michigan State. Boom. And I'm not even going to give you a prediction on the Michigan series because um, it's not a fair series. It's it it. it we're, we're going to be seeing two different teams than what we would normally see. Yeah. Uh, Michigan has got five guys that won't be playing and Minnesota won't have their top three D. So, and you never know um, with COVID too, you could have another couple extra players out yeah, here you, and there. You really could. So I'm not even going to handicap that one, but mark it down, Vigo. You got it. <laughs> Six points. I, I like to rec- recall from last week when we had uh, Cappy on the podcast that uh, you two did predict kind of a split. I did predict a sweep, and they did sweep. So this week I'm going to do it again. Sweep. Yeah, I'm just going to. Right. I'm, I'm, I'm with Pat on this one. I'm I'm yeah. not always Mr. Positivity. You should be. Don't listen to him. Don't listen to him. <laughs> I, I, I... I'm disappointed. What, what, do they, what do they say? The hardest thing to do in college hockey is sweep. What's what's the nah, even harder nah. thing to do? Sweep on the road. Nah. Hard to sweep on the road. And not this season, though. You know, but there's nothing better than sweeping on the road. So they get the first one. Huh? <laughs> yeah, that Michigan series. I have no idea what to think. You know, Michigan's yeah, probably losing their entire power play unit to the World Junior. So yeah, right. And we're gonna see. An interesting defensive group out there. Robbie Stucker hasn't played yet. He'll be back and available for the lineup. Uh, maybe Rossini. we'll see Carlfish, Rossini, yeah. Denman. You know, guys who haven't really had an opportunity, they're going to get an opportunity against a skilled team, and and we'll see yeah. what happens. And, and I and I think that I think that's good. You know, because you know, in the in the crazy year that we have, you're going to need depth. You're going to you know throw guys out there in tough situations. Um, you know. It, it it only helps your team down the road because you don't win the national championship now. But I do think Stodiker and Caster probably play about 30 minutes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, good, good They're, young. They're young. They're young. Yeah. They're fine. Right. So roll 6D against Michigan State if you can. <laughs> right. They're fine. Well, Pat, I can't thank you enough for coming on the podcast. It's been great well, to have you on. Thanks for having me. God, I, I, you know, I – I was wondering when I was going to get the call, but you know, whatever. <laughs> I get it. You know, we needed no, the video guys, too. We, I, we incorporated the video this year, and it was, I think it's just better when we see you as well. We can see yeah. all your animation. Hey, <laughs> any anytime you need me, call me. I'm uh, I'm good to go. So, well, thank you for having me. Well, that's it's great that you're on. And for those of you watching live, we're going to have some overtime up next, so this isn't over. But you know, for those of you listening live, you know, we'll be back on Sunday. With uh, the the next podcast, we'll recap this weekend, and uh, we're gonna have it Wally Shaver. It won't be Shaver. as fun. It won't be as fun. <laughs> no, well, I think Wally's gonna bring no. a lot today. We just gotta hope that Wally doesn't swear too much. He might bring it uh, on though. <laughs> don't don't forget to ask him. Oh, the parking about definitely his parking will. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So for those of you listening yeah. live, we're coming right back here with a bit of overtime. For the rest of you. We'll hear you back on Sunday. You'll hear us. Uh, 
that's it. That's it for us. All right. Peace.